Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Hero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about professional soccer in Lexington. It was announced earlier this week that Lexington will have a franchise in USL League One, a professional soccer league, starting in 2023. It will have local ownership. The hopes is it will have a downtown stadium. It will also have an academy. It will have a couple of other uh, teams as well, youth teams as well. And to talk about it, I talked with Cameron Drummond, reporter at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, who's been all over this story, who had plenty of uh, information in uh, both the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader and online at Kentucky.com on Tuesday when the announcement was made. I wanted to talk to Cam about the announcement, about the league, to learn a m- little more about the uh, the United Soccer League, in which Kentucky, in which Lexington will have a franchise, and also uh, more about the stadium, what all this involves. Just kind of go in depth with Cameron about this announcement on Tuesday. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Cameron Drummond of the Herald Leader about Lex about professional soccer coming to Lexington in 2023. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Cameron Drummond, reporter, sports reporter for the Lexington Herald Leader, new sports reporter, but he's doing a great job uh, covering a variety of subjects. How's it going, Cam? Doing great today, John. Thanks so much for for letting me speak with you today, and uh, appreciate the uh, the kind words there you had in the opening for me. But but happy to be in Lexington, happy to be reporting on all things sports related across the state, and, and obviously excited to kind of be covering what's going to be a, a pretty important moment in Lexington sports history here with pro soccer coming back to town. Right, Camelo. For those who don't know, uh, give a little background about yourself. Uh, uh, I know you're an IU guy. Uh, <laughs> when you, you know, just can you give just a little background where you're from uh, and uh, when you started with us? Sure thing. Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, I guess for for some of the listeners, I am an Indiana University graduate. <laughs> so hope everyone can look past my my past transgressions and sins, and uh, won't, won't hold that too much against me. Uh, but from just outside of Dallas, Texas, originally uh, was born in Dallas, raised in a suburb called Plano, Texas. Oh, yeah. First eight my life. Uh, first generation American as well, born to a father from Scotland and a mother from Brazil. So even just, you know, going up through school and high school and, and applying to colleges and all that stuff was kind of a crazy period because I was the first person in my family to go through that whole process. Um, but yeah, settled on Indiana University for school, just needed somewhere that 
frankly, was going to give me a lot of scholarship money and had a good journalism program and in Indiana checked those boxes. Uh, had, had a wonderful four years in, in Bloomington, uh, you know, worked at the, the student paper there, the Indiana Daily Student for, for three of those years, worked at a couple local newspapers uh, and online outlets covering every Indiana sport under the sun from women's soccer all the way up to men's basketball. And then graduated in May 2020, which is, I'm sure everyone knows, was the best time to graduate from college. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was a, a bit challenging, uh, to say the least, especially as someone who uh, got their, their bachelor's in journalism with, with a minor in Spanish, but also did everything in college related to sports media possible. So the, the sports jobs were not quite there uh, last spring, shall we say. But then after college, did about 10 to 11 months working down in Austin, Texas as a community news reporter. So I was covering some of the smaller cities and counties around Austin in central Texas. So for for anyone who actually knows that area, if you know what Bastrop County is, uh, that was my beat for 10 or 11 months. And it was really cool just to, you know, meet people there and do something out of the sports realm, both from a professional standpoint and from a, you know, human personal standpoint. But once the opportunity presented itself to, to get back into the sports game, that was something I was going to grasp onto with both hands. And luckily enough, an opportunity opened up here at the Herald Leader in Lexington. And I started with you guys late July, but I started for a couple of weeks remotely down in Texas, uh, but then finally moved up here to Lexington in the early part of August. So been here about two months now in person doing everything and have just loved it so much so far. I've, I've been everywhere from Louisville to Paintsville and anywhere else in the state that you guys need me, but it's been great so far and more than happy to be here with you guys at a great sports staff. Well, it's great to have you. Um, and the thing we wanted to talk to you, the reason I wanted you on the podcast, uh, to, the thing I wanted to talk about was an announcement uh, this week, which you were uh, very much involved in covering, uh, and that is Pro Soccer is coming to Lexington in 2023, uh, with Lexington getting a franchise in USL League One. Uh, first of all, just kind of explain uh, what USL League One is uh, where, where Lexington fits into that scenario, uh, just kind of the, the generalities of what we learned on Tuesday. Sure thing, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people are probably a bit more familiar with Major League Soccer, better known as MLS, which is the top tier, the highest level of professional soccer in the United States. USL League One is the third tier of professional soccer in the United States. It's overseen by USL, which is an acronym for the United Soccer League, and the USL oversees all of the top leagues in the in the United States that isn't MLS. So you have MLS at the top, then you have three leagues overseen by the USL called USL Championship, which is what Louisville City plays in, USL League One, which is what the Lexington professional team will play in, and then beneath that, USL League Two, which is mainly a league that uses younger players and college players in, in the summertime and stuff. And, and the Lexington team will actually also field an additional under-23 men's team in USL League Two. But the main thing, the pro team is in USL League One, so it's the third tier. We did have that announcement Tuesday morning downtown Lexington where the, the team was officially granted. It's going to be an expansion franchise. It will begin play in 2023. And plans for a stadium right now, 
they're going to have to play their first couple years at a local college facility. Most likely that's going to be the Bell Complex on the campus of University of Kentucky. But after one to two years of that, what the hope is, is that they'll have a downtown stadium on High Street. So right next to Rupp Arena, right next to the convention center. Uh, if not there, they're hoping to build it on land near I-75 and Richmond Road. But within you know one to two years after they start in 23, the hope is that Lexington will not only have a pro soccer team, but also a soccer-specific stadium to go with that. And for anyone curious about why USL League One is coming to Lexington, it's kind of funny because the USL very clearly on its website you know, will explain what certain candidate areas are for expansion franchises and what qualifications they need to meet. And one of the main things is that they are targeting United States communities with a population between 150,000 people and 1 million people, and in particular areas that have things like a strong family base, broad-based diversity in the population, and really not too many professional sports teams in terms of markets to compete in. And Lexington kind of checks all of those boxes. I think the last census data from August said that the population of Fayette County was a little north of 322,000. Obviously, there's not too much in the realm of professional sports going on directly in Lexington. We do have the Legends, obviously. We're in that little area where it's not too far from Indy or Cincinnati or even Louisville. But for Lexington itself, this move for a USL League One team makes a lot of sense just because there is that kind of niche in the sports market that Tower Hill Sports, which is the majority owner of the franchise, is hoping to target. That's not quite on the UK side of things, but also not quite at a low level of sport. You know, you talk to anyone involved with this announcement, involved with bringing the team here, this is going to be treated like it is, you know, a professional team, a major league team, first class all the way. And they're hoping that the community kind of sees it as such as well. How many teams are in USL League One currently? So right now there are 12 clubs in USL League One. The The whole American soccer pyramid in terms of this tier system got massively reworked in 2017, which is when the United States Soccer Federation officially gave the USL the sanctioning to be the second division behind MLS. So a lot of this has been in flux for the last five to six years. But USL League One itself began in 2019. Currently it has 12 clubs. They're going to be adding two more expansion clubs for next season, and they're also supposed to be adding two to three more clubs as of right now for the 2023 season. So by the time Lexington Pro Soccer, which is kind of the placeholder name for this new franchise, takes the field in 2023, you could expect between 16, 17, maybe 18 USL League One teams to be in existence. And between now and then, honestly, a lot of the teams that are in the league right now might change just because we're also implementing something called MLS2, which would be more of a reserve system for Major League Soccer. So a lot of the teams in USL League One right now are like New England Revolution 2 or Toronto FC 2 or North Texas SC, which essentially operate as reserve teams for Major League Soccer franchises. You might see teams like that go away from USL League One, and you might see more teams replace them kind of in the Lexington mold where they're not directly affiliated with an MLS team and they'll be like their own independent franchise in whatever, you know, mid-level market that the USL wants to target. But size-wise, you can expect 16 to 17 by the time Lexington joins the league in 23. And are there teams that are geographically close to Lexington? And do you expect them there to be more teams by the time they start playing in 2023? 
So honestly, there's not too much of a geographical pull toward Lexington. For example, the, some of the teams that USL League One is planning to add. Next year, they'll have a team debut from Fresno, California and northern Colorado. Uh, when Lexington joins in 2023, they're going to be adding a team in Spokane, Washington as well. There's a team in Tucson, Arizona right now, a team down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, up in Madison, Wisconsin. So it's not really too geographically centered more than anything else usl league one as i mentioned earlier is just targeting market size mm -hmm. where the population is correct the factors that go along with the population is correct and honestly more than anything else there's not too much of a other professional soccer or professional sports presence in the area to you know take attention right. away or, or dilute the 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 cool factor the newness of having a team so it's really not too much of a geographical thing and Especially the where Lexington is positioned, a lot of the local cities in the area have already had success in soccer and are frankly at above the level of a USL League One. You have FC Cincinnati in MLS, you have Nashville SC in MLS, Indy 11 is in USL Championship, Louisville City is in USL Championship. So really Lexington is almost late to the party in a way uh, with comparable cities in the area. So I, I don't think they'll have too much of a, of a direct geographical tie to Lexington too much with, with league one once they join in 23. What about, what do we know about the, you, uh, the ownership and the local ties to this team? Sure. So majority ownership uh, for the team, uh, Lexington pro soccer, which again is a placeholder name is majority owned by tower Hill sports, which of course comes from founder William Shively, who owns the Dixiana thoroughbred horse farm Of course, you know, super huge player in town. The, the president that they've named also on Tuesday for Lexington pro soccer is Vince Gabbert, who is involved at Keeneland. He currently serves as their vice president of strategic initiative and legislative affairs. And one of the other key pieces for the front office that was unveiled on Tuesday was Sam Stockley, who's going to be the team's sporting director. Now, a, a lot of these terms might be new for people who, who don't follow soccer religiously or, or aren't, you know, quote unquote, soccer people. But a sporting director is someone who kind of oversees the whole operation. That's not the head coach. It's not even the general manager. It's more of a role that will oversee not just the professional League One team for Lexington, but also the U23 men's team that they will have the U23 women's team that they will have, all of the academy and youth teams that they will have as well. So they have three or four key pieces of the front office already announced. But if anyone's looking for things in terms of a head coach or a coaching staff or things like that for the pro team before they get started in 2023, that's still on a six to nine month timeline before those get announced as, as the vetting process and hiring process takes hold. But really, the, the main key players right now that you want to pay attention to would be William Shively, Vince Gabbert, Sam Stockley, and also a name that might be familiar to Wildcat fans would be Michelle Rayner, who used to be an associate head coach with the Kentucky women's soccer team. She will be the senior director of performance operations for the club. Again, more of an oversight role to make sure that all aspects of Lexington pro soccer from the top men's team in USL League One right down to, I don't know, a U10 girls team in the academy. All those are functioning with the same values uh, and kind of rowing in the same direction. Yeah, you know, and talking about the academy, from what I know about the USL, uh, that's a key per, key component to this, uh, correct? 
Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. And, and even in the conversations that I've, I've had with people, when I was talking to, to Sam Stockley, the sporting director, ahead of the announcement, he told me one of the goals he wants Lexington Pro Soccer to have as kind of a club model is to field teams with 65 to 70 percent homegrown players, which means that these are players that Lexington Pro Soccer is bringing into the academy, you know, however old they may be. They're going through the youth teams and then they naturally progress to a point where they are starting and playing well for the first team, obviously helping them win championships and perform well on the field. But what comes with that, which, you know, might not be, you might not see this in too many other professional sports leagues, is the fact that you almost want those top-level players that you grow and that you promote up to your first team, you want them to move on to bigger clubs because not only does that bring you money in terms of transfer fees, but also increases awareness and attention to your academy. Uh, a good example of this kind of tying it back to USL League One would be the North Texas franchise, which essentially operates as a reserve team for FC Dallas, which is a major league soccer team, but they are notorious for having probably the best academy in all of North America and players that they produce go on to play well for the first team in MLS, but also go abroad and play in the best leagues in the world, whether that's Germany, Portugal, England, uh, down in Mexico as well. So if Lexington pro soccer is to stay true to this academy model and to do it in a successful way, not only will you see players go from, for example, the U15 boys team all the way up to the USL League One team, you'll see them progress even further from that and then go on and play at the highest levels of the, of the sport, whether that's in America or abroad. And that would do nothing but to serve as a credit to Lexington as a soccer hotbed and more importantly, Lexington Pro Soccer as a development place uh, where players can have a pathway to the highest levels. Um, but yeah, certainly the academy and, and not only playing with those players in Lexington, but getting them in the best position to move to even further and higher levels of the sport is something that this new franchise has really emphasized as being one of its core tenants as it gets started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, okay, now let's talk about the stadium, because I think the stadium is obviously going to be a key piece to this. As you mentioned, they want to be downtown, close to Rupp Arena. In fact, I think uh, at the announcement Tuesday, Bill Shively talked about he'd love to be in the parking lot behind Rupp Arena or around there. How will they go about doing that, uh, if they can do that? And when will we know whether they can get a downtown stadium or not? 
So a lot of this will actually be moving quite quickly. So what Gabbert, the president of Lexington Pro Soccer, has told me is that a full development plan from Lexington Pro Soccer will be submitted, and they will also be responding to the request for a proposal for that high street development project that you just referenced there, which would essentially be that gigantic parking lot nearby to Rupp Arena. And the intent, of course, is to construct a soccer-specific stadium. I believe Bill Shively told us on Tuesday that the the capacity would be somewhere in between 6,000 people and 10,000 people right. that would serve as the, the USL League One team stadium. And it would also you know, be, be a multi-purpose venue, of course, with old concerts, other events, stuff like that. And proposals for that high street development project are due by December 10th. So Lexington Pro Soccer will obviously need to get all their ducks in a row relatively quickly, which, which I'm sure you know, this has been happening behind the scenes for however long now, to make sure that they have that proposal submitted uh, in time before the those are due. And in addition to that, even in the, the little two-month period here before those are due, they've launched a survey online to hear from members of the community to learn about what they would want in a new stadium. I'm sure everything from design to amenities that would come with it as well. Um, but as you mentioned as well, it's so critical for them to have the downtown stadium. That's something that you see in almost every new soccer market in the United States, whether that's in the USL, whether that's in MLS. A downtown stadium has completely replaced the suburban stadium model that really had a lot of popular popularity from about 2004 to around 2012, 2013. And Shively has also told us that there's no funding from the city in any of the plans for this stadium as well. So much like the ownership group behind the actual team, the plan right now is for this to all come from local private investments. And that's from actually getting Lexington Pro Soccer off the ground to building hopefully a downtown stadium to even building training facilities and all of the academy things that they would need at a different site here in Fayette County. Yeah, you talked about the survey. You were telling me Tuesday, and then I read as well, that, that don't they plan on going around the community and having sort of like town hall events or whatever uh, to get community input on both the stadium and also a name for the team? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So none of those have been announced yet in terms of anything like a date or a time, but something that will be occurring here over the coming weeks and months will be kind of community forums, town halls. I believe that the club likes to refer to it as community listening sessions where members of the Lexington community and really anyone who, who wants to have you know a voice and input about this team can come and you know, voice their opinion on everything from what they want the club's colors to be, to what they want the club's name to be, to what they want on the club's crest. You know, it's something that's really been emphasized from everyone when, when Sam Stockley, the sporting director, has been speaking to me, when Vince Gabbert, the president, has been speaking to me, and even Bill Shively when we talked to him on Tuesday, is just how much everyone wants this to be a community-focused presence. And that's something that's, you know, particularly vital for a team in a USL League One where, you know, your attendance for a game is, is going to be in the single thousands, probably. So you really focus and listen to what your loyal fans want and what members of the community want. So the fact that they're having all these listening sessions, you know, taking fan input even as part of the naming process is going to be important, especially because this team will not be playing in USL League One next year, right? They will not start play until the spring 2023 season. So just making sure that they maintain that momentum, making sure that the fans that they've hooked on this team in the last couple of days are 
feeling like they're being heard and still have continual interest throughout the rest of this winter and through next year is going to be something that I think these community town halls and forums are going to go a long way toward. And, and something Gabbert told me as well is that as far as the team name and identity, which I took to mean the team crest and the team colors at least, they hope to have that finalized this winter. So if anyone's hoping to get any Christmas merch with the, with the official <laughs> Lexington your name you know get a scarf for the kid a jersey for dad or mom or something uh, hopefully if they have it finalized this winter they can maybe uh, expedite the shipping of all that stuff but <laughs> so yeah wise next two to three months they'll be having a ton of these listening sessions and community forums and before too long they'll have an actual name that is not lexington pro soccer which we'll probably <laughs> be about Okay, I should have asked you about this back earlier in the podcast, but uh, when you talk about it, the season, uh, how, how long? When? Uh, how long does the season last? What is? It, when does it start? When does it end? And uh, how many matches does a USL League One team play in a season? Sure. So we don't have too much data on that to go off of, just because the league had, the league started in 2019, and then 2020 was obviously uh, tremendously disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. But if we take this season as an example, there's 12 teams in USL League One for the 2021 season. Each one of those teams plays 28 regular season games. Everyone plays each other, both home and away, and then they also play six additional matches. Uh, usually those matches are kind of against more regional teams. So, so for example, if Lexington were to be in USL League One right now, one of those regional teams might be a game against the team in Chattanooga or a game against the team uh, that's based in uh, Nebraska, for example, or Statesboro, Georgia, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But 12 teams, 28 games. The league schedule right now runs from April to October, followed by a postseason in November with the top six teams from the regular season advancing to the playoffs. Uh, but of course, as the team numbers fluctuate and the teams themselves fluctuate, you could see that change, you know, already by the time 2023 rolls around. But but that's at least the structure in place right now. And, and there's viewing options as well. You know, if, if you're already planning to be a Lexington pro soccer diehard fan and, you know, you either don't live in the city or, you know, you'll be away on business or whatever, the league is available to watch online via ESPN+. Plus. So there, there's a way to stay connected to the team regardless of, of where you are in the country or, or even internationally as well. Yeah, and when you talk about a, you know, when we're talking about a downtown uh Stadium. I would think. Uh, I would think that probably a big draw to uh, uh, to the soccer team will be. I know they talked about uh, the other day at the announcement. Bill Shavley they talked about they wanted you know family entertainment. This is something that uh, you know people can take their families to. Um, but also, I think they would try to pull from the UK student population as well. And if you have a downtown stadium, which would be closer, obviously, to the UK campus than, say, if they do have to go out on I-75, uh, and, and, you know, that that would be uh, desirable as well. And the same as that, uh, you know, there's a strong international community among uh, the UK student and staff population. I would assume a downtown uh, site would be able to pull from that as well. Oh, no, yeah, certainly. And especially given the fact that for the first couple of years of the team, you know, regardless of where the stadium is both, if it ends up being at the I-75 in Richmond Road property, if it ends up being at the downtown property, it will take a couple of years to build because mm-hmm. construction takes years to build and stuff. So no matter what, they'll have to spend, you know, one, two, maybe even three seasons to begin playing most likely again at the Bell Complex on the UK campus. Right. And so that will be, I think that'll be interesting for me to notice as well as just how much 
that they can pull from, you know, even those first couple of years directly being there in the presence of, of Kentucky students. And, and as you mentioned, you know, the international community, you look at the UK men's soccer roster and you look at the UK women's soccer roster just littered with with international players. I think the, the men's soccer roster alone, 10 of the 26 players are from countries outside the United States, if I recall correctly. And that ranges everything from Canada to Norway, um, Denmark, you know, places where, where soccer really is a, a passionate sport. And, and when I was talking with Vince Gabbert, the president, before the announcement, he also really stressed to me the, the international community and the diversity that you have in Lexington because of horse racing. And, you know, he would throw out examples of so many people being in Lexington related to the horse racing industry who come from South America and Latin America and Central America, you know, everywhere from Nicaragua to Panama. And these are countries, obviously, if anyone has ever watched a, a CONCACAF World Cup qualifier, watch the United States men try and play a game in El Salvador or something. It's crazy atmospheres where, you know, people live and breathe and their, their existence based around soccer. So tapping into that community not only is what one of the major sales pitches was from Lexington to USL leadership about why a USL League One team would work here, but it's now something that they have to double back on and, you know, redouble their efforts to make sure works because if this team is to be successful in this city, a lot of it will rely on not just tapping into people born in the Commonwealth who might play club soccer or something, but it will be a lot of people who are transplants, uh, I guess, kind of like me in a way, who come from parents or families with strong soccer backgrounds, who, in addition to supporting their team back home in Colombia or Brazil or England, also feel a need to go out to their local club matches and support their local team with their city's name on it. Okay, well, then that brings me to this this question. And I know you are a new resident of Lexington. But as you mentioned, uh, you have a you have a strong soccer background, you have a it's obvious that you have a keen interest in soccer. Do you think this can work in in Lexington from what you know of Lexington? And, And what will it take for it to work here, you think? I think it can work in Lexington. And I think the fact that it's a USL League One team probably makes it more likely to work um, w- with all due respect to, to everyone in Lexington and, you know, market size and research and, and all the things that people who aren't me get paid to figure out about soccer markets <laughs> in the U I think USL championship would have been uh, MLS. Certainly that's not even a question, but USL championship even would have been a bridge too far mm-hmm. in terms of level. I mean, you saw, you have a wildly successful team in, in Louisville city just to, you know, throw out an example and, they still sometimes struggle with with local exposure and, and getting people to care, even though there is an incredibly strong, loyal fan base of Louisville City. It's not as widespread as you might expect from a team that has won the USL Championship two times in recent memory. So I think the key to success here for Lexington Pro Soccer, more than anything else, relies on two things. One would be tapping into that international community, not only because they've made it such a pillar of why they convinced USL this was a good market, but also just from creating that loyal fan base standpoint. And kind of something that goes with that is they have to maintain momentum in the year 2022. I think that will be the most essential part of this, because when you look at the factors at play, you've announced this team in early October 2021. You are going to be going more than a calendar year, you know, almost 18 months on a calendar without playing an actual top level match in the league that you've announced. And when you get to that point in spring 2023, you are not going to already be playing in the brand new swanky hip 
soccer specific stadium that people are going to be going to just to be seen there as like the it place if that makes sense you're going to be having these matches at the bell complex at uk most likely so you have to kind of establish that fan base that core that's going to be there at the beginning before it becomes the cool new attraction in town with the stadium because that cool new attraction in town will only get you so far i I can speak from a brief personal example i I promise not to drone on too long but when i was (laughs) down go right ahead uh, thank you i I appreciate the license to ramble (laughs) when when i was down in austin working my previous job uh even though my job was in community news i assisted with coverage of the local professional soccer team there which was a brand new team called austin fc in mls so the top tier of american soccer so i guess wherever i go a a new expansion soccer team (laughs) there you go and he's and you become like a traveling circus member, just go to different cities around the country. Um, but so Austin FC gets started. They have brand new, you know, million, million, million dollar stadium. It's not quite downtown, but it's, it's you know, located in the city limits. It's not too far from stuff. And they open up the new stadium after playing a bunch of matches on the road. It's sellout, 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 sellout. But the team isn't performing on the field. The team was struggling to score goals. It was losing a lot of matches. And even though Austin's obviously a city of of nearly a million people now, big tech hub and stuff, and, you know, the season ticket list was was through the roof. People were excited about this new professional franchise. You could see the attendances slowly start to wane. You know, they had the season opener in June or July. And then by early August to mid-August, attendance even started to dip. Not because people weren't enamored with it being a professional team, but just because the the team wasn't very good, honestly. And that's a problem you can run into in MLS where, you know, championships are the the end-all be-all. And people with Lexington Pro Soccer have, you know, stressed, and, and Bill Shively even on Tuesday stressed that he wants this to be a winning team. But at the USL League One level, it's almost more about that fan interaction and that player development. So if you don't have that fan interaction piece from the start, you're starting so far behind the eight ball, I'm not sure you'd be able to recover from it. So more than anything else, just to get back to the initial things I said, tapping into the international community here in Lexington, whether that's from the UK student population, whether that's from people who have come here because of the horse, and also maintaining the interest that exists now through 2022, after they've chosen the name, while they continue to hold town forums and stuff, those are going to be the two most critical elements to soccer being successful in Lexington. But at the end of the day, I think this is at a low enough level while still being a professional team that I think there is a niche for it in this city based on my experiences. And I think if they do those two things correctly, this team can be successful both from an on-field and off-field standpoint. No, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I think the stadium is obviously a key piece. I think it would be much better if they could get it downtown close to Rupp Arena. I think that would be uh, that would definitely be desirable on both ends. Uh, I think one thing that you know, bo- way before you got here, they had a minor league hockey team here, uh, the Kentucky Thoroughblades, which were very popular at first, but over time uh, it, it waned as well. And there were also some changes in the league and so forth, uh, and it ended up going away I think to me somebody was asking me about this the other day I think soccer has a uh, has a built-in advantage over a hockey team here because kids grow up playing soccer here there is a strong soccer community here uh, and there's a lot of interest in youth soccer here uh, there's already two you know youth soccer 
uh, leagues in uh, Lexington FC and Commonwealth, the Commonwealth Soccer Club, how that will fit in with this new academy. I know Bill Shavley said the other day they've already had talks with Lexington FC and CSC about that. But I think, uh, you know, just, you know, kids, you know, I mentioned this in my column, my kids grew up playing soccer. Um, I imagine a lot of people here, their kids grew up playing soccer. And uh, so I think there is kind of a built-in base. So I think they have an advantage in that regard. No, I think it's a good thing. I hope it goes over. And I think it's got to – I agree with you. I think keeping the expectations uh, appropriate and uh, keeping the level appropriate, I think, is a big key as well. And I think that uh, have a, having a USL League One team is, is probably the right way to go there. And I think as well, something to also stress is just the fact that with the academy model, with all the youth teams that they will have, this will serve so many people beyond just, oh, a family of four going to the USL League One match on a Saturday night, right? right? Like they will have the, the U23 men's team. They will have the U23 women's team, which will compete in something called USL W League, which just like USL League Two is, is a pre-professional league overseen by the USL. But again, another hub for, okay, you're a, a rising sophomore at the University of Kentucky who's really good and you're on the women's soccer team during the summer months so you can play for the USLW League team of Lexington Pro Soccer and then go right back to UK for your you know sophomore year year. I forget what the anecdote was already. Um, but it, it's right. going to help so, so many people all the way through down from the academy youth teams to, to offering, frankly, to offering good high school players an alternative from driving you know, however far away to go be with the Louisville City Academy or I've, I've heard stories of kids who go to high school here in Lexington and they drive the one and a half hours, you know, up and back a couple times a week to be part of the FC Cincinnati Academy. So not only are you offering this top level product that will be a professional team in town, but you're offering, you know, kids from 10 years old through 23 years old, the opportunity to stay close to home to hopefully, if, if everything goes off correctly, train at a high level with dedicated training facilities, a dedicated youth academy, people in place to make them better soccer players, whether that takes them to the first team of Lexington Pro Soccer, takes them away to a college on scholarship, takes them to a foreign professional league. Um, so, yeah, just the, the community focus aspect and the fact that they are giving players locally and, and even coaches locally as well a pathway to, to find success in the sport that they love is is it's not a secondary mission. It's almost tied right in with the first mission of Lexington Pro Soccer, which, as everyone has told me so far, is to, to serve the community through the sport. Right, right. And I have, in fact, I have a nephew uh, in Tennessee who uh, is part of the academy there. Uh, he actually lives in Johnson City, but he travels to Knoxville uh, two or three times a week and trains with the academy there uh, in Knoxville. Uh, so, uh, so what are we leaving out, Cam? Is there anything else that uh, the public needs to know about this? Uh, I don't think so. I think you, you've let me go on my spiel and answer my questions for way too long. I've, no. As I, as I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know real estate was this easy to purchase on the John Play podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> well, I love you. First of all, you were not rambling, and second, you were giving great information. And it, and Cam is giving great information. And you can find a lot of great information from Cam on our website on Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Herald Leader. Uh, Cam not not only covers soccer; he's done a lot of UK volleyball. He'll be doing a lot of Keeneland coming up. Tell people where they can find you on Twitter and online i've never had to plug myself on a podcast so far this is incredibly exciting so you can follow me uh, on twitter at c 
And then my last name, Drummond, D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D-9-7. So altogether, that's at C-D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D-9-7 on Twitter. But yeah, check us out, Kentucky.com slash sports. Everyone from John to me to, to Josh Moore to Ben Roberts to, to everyone in between doing an absolutely killer job of, of covering just a ton of stuff happening in Lexington right now, honestly, between Keeneland opening weekend, a uh, pro soccer team coming to town, the, the 5-0 Kentucky Wildcat football team, the, the undefeated Kentucky men's soccer team, uh, Kentucky volleyball being a top five team, uh, obviously basketball season and ble- uh, big blue madness just around the corner. So, yeah, this is the, the busy season for us where I don't think we'll be sleeping much, but uh, more than happy to, to chronicle what's about to happen in the local sports scene. It should be a blast here coming up the next few months. So be sure and follow Cam on Twitter and be sure and check out all of his work on Kentucky.com. And Cam, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Nah, all the pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Cameron Drummond of the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com. A lot of great information from Cam about uh, pro soccer in Lexington, the Lexington franchise in USL League One, which is scheduled to start in 2023. Be sure and check Cam out on Twitter and online at Kentucky.com. I want to remind you, you can get a sports-only Digital subscription, just $30 for the first year to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK football, basketball, recruiting, volleyball, as Cam mentioned. Uh, You get all of our uh, Keeneland coverage. You get our high school coverage. You get columns, $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. Go to John Clay IV. Go to the top there with the pinned tweet. Click on that. It'll take you where you need to go to find out all the information about the sports pass, sports only, digital subscription, or just go to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscription tab. Check out all of the offers to Kentucky.com and the print edition of The Herald Leader. We uh, we really appreciate everybody who supports our work at The Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who supports and listens to the podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. We appreciate it when you do that. Uh, we got plenty more podcasts coming up, but my thanks again to Cam Drummond. He'll have more stories as we go along uh, in the development of pro soccer in Lexington. So, Be on the lookout for those as well. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.